0: You know what, what amazed me about that video, and I, I was actually tearing up watching that video, and I've already watched it a few times, and I know the, I know the story, and you know the story. Most of you know the story. Maybe you don't, and uh, I don't, should never assume that everybody knows all these things. Hi, Misha. How are you? I, uh, it's like, as you said, pastor. Uh, I was watching that video, and I'm thinking, I'm preaching on the Holy Spirit today. And the Holy Ghost ladies are here today. So we got the Holy Ghost tour. And God said, well, I'm, I want you to preach a series on gifts. And one of the greatest gifts that we can ever receive is the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. Remember, a gift is something you can't earn, you, you can't work for it. God just wants to give it to you. And so we have to be, but we have to be ready to receive what He gives for us, gives to us. And so I'm looking, I'm watching this video, and I'm thinking. The same. We started out. What did we sing? The was the first song we sang? I'll see how many of you remember. The same power, same power that rose Jesus from the grave, right? The same power that raised Jesus from the from the, from death, from the burial, and raised him up to new life, is the same power that came and conceived the Christ child in Mary. We just sang, conceived of the Holy Spirit in, in, our, in our declaration, that creed song that we just sang, I believe. Amen? And yet I think there's a disconnect somewhere along the line. There's a disconnect of the same Holy Spirit that impregnated Mary, a teenager, with the Son of God. She was a virgin. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave. The same Holy Spirit lives in us. And I think there's a disconnect there. I think somewhere, somehow along the way, we got so religious that we couldn't figure out that was the same power. And so we quit acting like it was the same power, and we relegated that power to some area, some corner of our life, and we will use Him when we need Him. And yet He's a gift that God gives us, and I want to teach on that this morning because I know many of you come from a background like I did, and you came from a denomination that didn't teach about the different acts of the Holy Spirit. Everybody, a lot of people that I know, and the way I grew up, is when you got saved, you got the Holy Spirit. I believe that with all my heart, and I'm going to show you that in Scripture this morning. I also believe that there's a separate, separate act of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I did not understand that. I was not taught that until I was much, much older. And so I want to teach you this morning from Scripture because a lot of people will say, well, that's just not the way it is. That might have been the way it happened then, but it doesn't happen that way now. But I want to show you where the Scriptures bear truth to that this morning. Okay, are y'all ready to go? We got a bunch of scriptures today. There's no three-point sermon. We're gonna walk through some things. I want, I'll think that the Lord wants to, for me to show you. He woke me up again. He showed me these things. Man, this morning He was giving me a download. I didn't even have time to write it all down. But now I said, "But Lord, I can't do all this this morning." He said, "That's okay. You can do it later." But I was thinking about all, all the attributes of the Holy Spirit. They were just amazing. And I, I began to just start writing them down. And I think sometimes we forget all of the attributes, the character of the Holy Spirit, all the things that He wants to do in our lives. And so we walk through our daily Christian life with Without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We don't give him much thought sometimes during the day. We, we walk through the day and, and maybe when a crisis comes, we call upon God and then the Holy Spirit come and do something. And he wants to be involved in every area of your life, every moment of your life, every day of your life. Do y'all understand that? He is personal. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's a, he's a he. The Bible speaks of him as the third person of the Trinity. So a lot of times I will say the Holy Spirit and that's the way I was brought up and that's just the way I go. But the Bible actually says it the same way. Many times the Bible says the Holy Spirit. And that's like saying the Mary Lou, but no, it's, but it's, it's okay to say it that way because we also call Jesus, we'll call him the son of God, right? So when I say the Holy Spirit, don't get offended because I didn't say Holy Spirit and left off the the. Okay. Are with me this morning? So if you have your Bibles, we're going, to be, we're going to be going through some scriptures. They'll be on the screen. I hope she can follow me back there. But we're going to start out with John 14. Listen, when, when Jesus saved you, he didn't just kick you out and say, You're saved now. Have fun. Figure it out. But you know what? A lot of Christians live like that. You get saved and you, and a lot of churches just kind of say, I hope you make it okay. And we're going to baptize you in water and then we're going to kick you out and we're going to make sure we hope you can grow. And God didn't, He didn't intend for that to happen. He didn't intend for the church to be that way. But listen, He says, I am not going to leave you alone. I am not going to send you out in this world by yourself. Remember before before Jesus was, before He was, uh, arrested and crucified and resurrected. He met with his disciples. He kind of gave them a crash course in the last few days of his life on earth. In John 14, we see part of that crash course. And he said to them, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. Say helper. He's the Holy Spirit. That he may abide with you. How long? How long? How long? Oh, I thought he just came and went whenever he wanted to come and go. Then when you messed up, he left. No, it says he comes to abide with you forever. That ought to be a real, that ought to be a real comfort to you this morning. Oh, my, my, that's another one of his names. Comforter. Right? So he will abide with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. That's another name for the Holy Spirit. Say Spirit of Truth. Whom the world cannot receive. Listen, if you're at one one point in your life, you could not see. You were blinded by the God of this age, Satan, and you could not receive what God had for you through the Holy Spirit. Until what? The Father draws you, the Holy Spirit convicts you, and then by grace, by faith, you step into the gift of eternal life. That's what we talked about last week. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him. Holy Spirit's a him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I'm so glad that that's in the word, that we are not orphans. He didn't leave us alone. He says He says at that time, he says, guys, I'm with you, but there will be a day that I'm in you. Now, you have to understand this, this verbiage here. Understand it. He was not indwelling them yet. Say yet. Power of Yet. Right? CJ, a little plug for CJ. I've Many times I used to use the analogy of the Holy Spirit was like uh, having a car but not having any gas in the car. You know, somebody give you a new car and give you the keys to a new car and you get out there, this, 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 nothing, nothing happened because no gas in the car. But I've changed my thinking on that. You know why? Because I believe that we're the car. We are the vessel. Say, I'm the vessel. Say, I'm the car. You know what you also are? You're a limousine. Say, I'm a limousine. You know why? Because I don't believe he did. He, he gives us the chauffeur. That's the deal. He, that's what he showed. God showed me. He said, listen, I'm, you know, Jesus, take the will. You've heard that song. Listen, he has given us the chauffeur. The chauffeur is the Holy Spirit. And look, that's what it says, right? Ooh, let me look. Let me show you. John 16:13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He's going to guide the car. He's going to drive the car. Our problem is we want to drive the car and let him... We want to kick him in the back seat. And you know what? A lot of times you do. You push the button. So he can't hear him. You seal him off in the back. He's up. He's back there knocking on the plexiglass. Hey, hey, hey. Roll that window down. I need I've got some... I need to talk to you. He said, listen, I should be driving the car. And so much of our life... Listen, much of the pain of your life... And the disappointment in, your, a disappointment in your life, it's not because Jesus did anything, it's because you kicked him into the back seat and you took over the wheel. And you're the one that put the car in the gutter. Not God. He says, I will guide you into all truth, not into error. I will lead you in the way everlasting, he says. And so we've got to let we've got to let Holy Spirit take His rightful place in our lives and become the guide in our lives. Who need Him to be the chauffeur of our lives? God did He? God took it upon Himself when He saved us. He said, "You know what? I'm not just going to save you. I'm going to make sure you make it all the way to the end." You don't believe me? Look at Philippians one six. Being confident of this very thing, that He that's God who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ when Jesus Christ returns. He is the one that's going to complete us. In spite of us, in spite of us, we get so we get so selfish and think we are smarter than God. oh, pastor, I would never think I'm smarter than God, really? the last time he told you to do something you didn't do it, you know what you thought you were smarter than God. we've all been there, amen, come on, can I get a can I get a testimony oh this group over here, y'all were just perfect. Nothing ever happened like that to you, right? you ever make a decision that God didn't Ordain. God didn't say this is okay. But 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 God. That's when we use the but God in the wrong way. But God, I feel like this is. So God, He's He's driving the car. If you'll let Him through the Holy Spirit, He's the chauffeur of your life. He says, Oh, if you'll just hang on to Me, I will complete what I've started in you. Our problem is again that we don't like to relinquish the wheel of our life. Paul dealt with this in Romans. If you go back and read Romans 7, I'm going to read all of it. Paul dealt with this issue. Paul, the Apostle Paul. He said, I'm the chief of sinners. He says, I don't do what I know I should do, and I do what I know I shouldn't do. He said, I I want to do this, but I don't do that. I've got this thing going on from my flesh and my spirit. I've got this battle going on. Anybody ever have that battle going on in your life? Like right now? (laughs) Yesterday, you had that battle going on in your life? Man, it's just a bam, 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 bam. And the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, and then the enemy's speaking to you. And like we heard this morning, if it's good, it's from God. If it's bad, it ain't from God. <laughs> it's from the enemy. And these he's, 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 he, thoughts are going on in your mind. What should I do? Well, and God, you already know what you're supposed to do, but the enemy makes something else look so good. And you sometimes you don't make the right decisions. And Paul was one of those people. I like that he was just real. He said, I have these struggles, too. But then look at verse Romans 7, 24 and 25. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. He didn't say that I was. Did he? He said, oh, wretched man that I am. Listen, on our best day and the most perfect day of prayer and Bible study and being on top of the world with Jesus on our best day. We we so far from God's perfection. We are so far from his perfection, church. So that's why we can all say, like Paul said, Oh, wretched man, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he says this. Here's the answer, church. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the only way we get out of this mess. That's the only way we become conquerors. That's the only way we become more than conquerors. It's through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Look at Romans 8. I just want to read about 8 verses in Romans eight ten. Through eighteen, I want you to see something about, because we're going to talk about the Spirit of God that comes in at regeneration, the Holy Spirit that comes upon the baptism, okay? And if Christ is in you, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Who is our righteousness? Jesus Christ. Our righteousness is what? Filthy rags, okay? Our righteousness doesn't amount to any good thing. But his righteousness, were wrapped up in his righteousness. But if the Spirit of him, that's the Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Okay? The same God, the same power that raised Jesus, he gives life to our mortal bodies. Our mortal bodies are fading away. They don't last forever, do they? Just to ask me. The other day, I, just two days ago, I'm rolling on the floor with Ezra. Man, we're having a good time. I'm rolling with my my. What's he weigh? 25, 26, 27 pounds, and I'm rolling on the floor and having a good time. And I rolled to the left too far and I go ah pop, and I felt this pop in my chest. And I'm like, oh my goodness, and I'm trying to laugh through it because Ezra's hanging on, you know. And and uh, so this morning when I was breathing, I was going, oh that hurts, you know, because our these bodies are, are they're not perfect. And they're fading away. And the farther you get down the line, you'll figure that out. But he gives life to these mortal bodies that were born in sin. We talked about that last week, okay? Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to li- talk to the flesh to live according to the flesh. In other words, it means once you leave the old man in the water in baptism, when you leave the old man, don't go dig up the corpse. You don't owe him anything. We think we owe him something. Oh, he was so nice to me We're back when I was a teenager. I think I'm going to dig him up and drag him around with me. Hey, y'all want to meet my old man? Listen, I don't want to meet your old man. Your old man's stinky. And some of you, you know what you do? You go and get the robes of the old man, then your robes will become a stinky. That's from Nacho Libre, just in case you're wondering. Not you. Look at Preston. He's going, that's my granddad. Is he Listen, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Listen, living the old life is a life of death. It's a life of death. And, and matter of fact, living the old life as a believer can actually cause physical death. Did you know that? Even a belief, for a believer, living the old life can cause physical death. I'm not gonna go into any depth of that, but that's just the truth. For if you live according to the flesh you will die, but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the what? By the who? The spirit of God, these are sons of God. Say I'm a son. Everybody here, you're a son, right? We've we've I know some of you, if this may be your first time here, and you're probably thinking, why is he saying that? Because we have been taught and we have understood the Word of God that when we come into Christ's kingdom, when we come to the kingdom of God, we are firstborn sons. Okay? There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's no, neither male nor female. We are sons of the Most High God. We're also women, guys, because we're the bride of Christ. So we're, so don't worry about it. <laughs> okay? We're the bride of Christ. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. He said, don't go back to the fear. That's not the spirit that you're operating under anymore. But many Christians do. Why do you think he's warning us not to go back there? Because he knows that that's what people do. But you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba. Father, that word Abba means daddy. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Listen, one of the greatest functions of this Holy Spirit is that his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we belong to him. Amen? His Spirit bears witness that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Listen, if, the, if Holy Spirit is in you, if Christ is in you, then you are His. You belong to Him. So when, let me ask you a question, this is not a trick question, when did you receive the Holy Spirit? at your salvation moment. Okay? When you exi- when you said yes to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came in. Now you don't you can say Jesus came into my heart. That's okay. Because the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they work together perfectly. You say I got Jesus. That's cruel. Cool. When when Mary Lou, when she get when she got to lead Mister Flurry, at the age of eighty nine, who was an atheist into the kingdom of God from his atheist lifestyle, from the the thought the way he lived his whole life up to the year of eighty nine years of age. When he when we came into the room that day and we saw him sitting at the edge of his bed, tears flowing down his face. We said, "What happened, Mister Flory?" He said, "I got Jesus. I got Jesus." He didn't even have good grammar, and he was a professor. Said I got Jesus, and this is most be- one of the most beautiful moments that we could have ever imagined. He said I got Jesus, so, but it, see, when you say I've got Jesus, that's okay. But what you really get, who you really get, is Holy Spirit, because Jesus has ascended to the Father, and He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, right? So He sent His Holy Spirit, and we are saved by what, by faith through grace, not of works. We can't boast of them, right? Okay, so look at John fourteen sixteen. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with. Say, with. He saw him through the disciples. He said, the Spirit of God dwells with you. Now, up until this point in time, Jesus had not died. He had not been resurrected yet. The Holy Spirit came and went. Even through the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon somebody, and then the Holy Spirit would leave. Same thing happened for the disciples when he sent them out two by two. He said, I'm going to empower you to go out and be my witnesses. But he, he sent the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit was, was removed again. Okay? So they had not been filled with the Holy Spirit of salvation. They had only been given a dispensation of the Holy Spirit for, for certain works that Jesus had for them to do. So that's why he says he will He dwells with you. He's with you. Listen, if Jesus is walking beside you, Holy Spirit's with you. Okay? But then he says something more, something else. He says, he not only dwells with you, he will be in you. Say, in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Okay, so I want to fast forward a few days. Jesus has been been, uh, arrested. He has been crucified. He has been uh, resurrected. And he's come back and revealed himself to his disciples. Okay? I got, y'all with me? He's died, he's been buried, he's been raised from the dead, he comes back, and he's, he, the, the disciples, he reveals himself bodily to his disciples. Now look at John, 9, John chapter 20, because this is where a lot of people brings a lot of confusion into the church, but I want to I make sure you understand this. Then the same day at the evening, beginning the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. I mean they needed peace, didn't they? I mean, they were scared. Man, a lot of people think, well, they should have just been been okay with all this. They didn't know that he was coming back. They had heard that he was coming back. they weren't sure about it, and they were scared. They were there were threats of their life. Listen, if they crucified Jesus, they'd them, they would crucify them too. That's what they were thinking. So they were hiding, and Jesus comes into their midst. And he says, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, what did he do? He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Say, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about this. I believe... As I've studied the Word, I believe that this was their salvation moment. Because before then, Jesus had not been resurrected. They were walking with Jesus. He was a rabbi. They were listening to Him. They were believing Him. They knew; they even knew that He was the Son of God. They even confessed that. But they had not had the realization of the resurrected Christ until this moment. And He says, now, He said, I'm going to breathe on you, and you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. I believe that was the moment of their salvation. You can argue with me. That's fine. If you believe something else, that's okay too. I just believe that this was the, the regenerating Holy Spirit that came and resided in them. They received at that moment the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, why is this different than the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Okay? Look at Luke 24, 49. I want to show you why it's a separate act. Now, they... Jesus had been resurrected. He breathes on them and said to receive the Holy Spirit. And then he says, And behold, I will send forth upon you what my Father has promised, but remain in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. Say power. He says stay in the city. Stay in Jerusalem till you're clothed with power from on high. Then he expounded on this very assignment he gave them in Acts 1.8. Look at Acts 1.8. But you shall receive me. Now, Jesus has not yet ascended to the throne, right? But you shall receive power. Say power. That's the ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Say upon you. Now, what happened when Jesus breathed on them? He came where? How did, how did the Holy Spirit come? In. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, he says, they've already received the Holy Spirit, right? Are y'all with me? They received the Holy Spirit. The disciples have received the Holy Spirit. Now he says, go wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Ah, what does he mean by that? Why would you say that? I've just received the Holy Spirit. No, he said, I want you to go and wait for the power to come upon you. Say, upon you. It's a separate act. He didn't say, all right, I want to breathe on you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Now go wait in Jerusalem. I want you to receive the Holy Spirit again. That's not what he said. I want you to go and wait for the power. I want you to go wait for the promise. I am going to send him to you. I want to empower you to do that. I want to empower you to win the world. I want to empower you to be my witnesses all over the world, starting right here in Jerusalem. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then he led them outside the city. He blessed them, and he went, whoo, he raised up. He ascended to the Father. He sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and me. But he said, I'm not leaving you as orphans. I'm not leaving you as orphans. You need some help. So I believe that the Bible teaches that we are filled with the Holy Spirit at salvation, and we are also baptized in the Holy Spirit for the works that God has for us. The Holy Spirit comes in at conversion, and he comes on us in the baptism of the fire after we're, not necessarily, but most of the time, after we are water baptized. I believe that there are, like Robert Morris teaches, I believe there are three baptisms. I think there's the baptism of blood when we're immersed by the blood and we're covered by the blood of Jesus. I believe we're, there's the baptism of water when we're immersed in water like we do almost every Sunday here. And I believe that there's the third baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit when we're immersed in the Holy Spirit. I believe that at conversion, we have a deposit given us. You know why I believe that? Because the Bible teaches it. Ephesians 1.13 in Him you have also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. They sealed. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, to the praise of His glory. Wow, I love the fact that when I gave my life to Christ, He sealed me. You know the ark is a picture of Jesus. You know what happened when they after they built the ark, what did they do at the once the last thing they did besides shut the door. Sealed it. That tar that they used to seal every crack so it would never sink. I believe that what, that's what Jesus is saying here. I'm going to seal you with the Holy Spirit so you will never sink. You are sealed until the day of redemption. I know a lot of people believe you can lose your salvation. I do not believe that. I believe if you are truly saved, then you've been sealed until the day of what? Redemption, until he comes back to get you. And if you've got to be perfect until that comes, and we're all in a heap of trouble. I mean a big heap of trouble. We're all sunk. Because then the, the, the tar, the seal on the ark is not going to hold. And the boat's going to go under. And if the Holy Spirit is not powerful enough to keep us, then we're all in trouble. I also believe this, and a lot of people will disagree. I believe that... At salvation we get the power of the Holy Spirit and it's enough to live the Christian life. Oh I-, I thought we had to have the baptism to live a power I mean a successful Christian life. I don't believe that. I believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for other people. Some people owe oh, me and not well, I'm not gonna say amen to that one. I don't understand that one. I believe that when we're saved, the Holy Spirit indwells us and we have the power to live a Christian life we have the power to overcome sin you know what we have so we have so watered down and diluted that that we thought oh, i just got to have the power no you don't you've already got the holy spirit he leads you into what all truth you know what our problem is again we try to drive the car give it up because he said i'm going to save you i'm going to seal you you're good to go But he says, but on the way, there's going to be some people that are going to need witness. Say witness. You're going to need the power. The dunamis, the dynamite power of God for you to lay your hands on the sick and for them to recover. You're going to need the power. For you to pray in 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 a language that nobody understands, but you and God or God only. Sometimes you're going to need the Power. Everything that God has, all these gifts that he has for us from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Listen, we need those. If we're going to be a dunamis church, if we're going to be a word and power church, we're going to grasp the word, we got to know the truth of God, and then we got to act upon it as empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But a lot of people say, well, I just, I just can't live this Christian life. That's baloney. That just means you don't want to listen to God. You don't want to walk in obedience. You know right from wrong. You know yes from no. Oh, you know the Bible. It says my my commands are not too hard. Oh, the, the Christian life is just so hard to live. You know why it's hard to live because you don't want you want to live it the way you want to live it. That's what it gets hard to live. If you want to do your own thing, oh man, I tell you the Christian life is hard to live. Man, I like to get drunk once a week. Well, the Christian life is hard to live for you because God says don't get drunk. Man, if you want to cheat on your taxes, man, because you think you deserve more money, the Christian life's going to be hard for you. But God says, don't lie. He says, don't cheat. Oh, some people are getting squirming now. Woo! We make it tough. He just says, obey me. He says, "My, my commandments aren't too hard. He says, quit lying. Well, God, if I don't lie... I want to be telling my wife that she looks good in that dress, and that's a lie. And and what's going to happen then? See, guys are already pondering that one. I don't know what to say. And Kristen's now doing what my wife does and move it on, move it on. Bless you. Ephesians 4.30 says, Then do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, I want, just, I want to hammer this point home that we get enough when we get Holy Spirit at salvation. Go back and read the context of that verse. In that verse, in the context of it, he's not talking about the power gifts. Okay? He's not talking about the power gifts. He's talking about stop lying. Tell the truth. Don't let anger overtake you. Quit stealing. Work and do good. Speak edifying words. Stop with the bitterness. Be kind. Walk in forgiveness. All these things, he says, I'm going to give you the power to do that when you get saved and you give your life to Christ. It's just the more of the yielding, guys. It's more of the yielding. Remember on the day of Pentecost when there was 120 or so disciples in the upper room. Now, remember that? Jesus said, go and wait. He said, go. He didn't tell them how long, did he? And I'm always, I'm always amazed by that. 120 people in one room waiting for something they don't know what they're waiting for. Waiting for something they don't know how long they're waiting for it. I just wonder how many of us would be willing to wait. A day or two or three or four or five or six or seven or eight. Eight oh, new beginnings. I'm leaving. Nine, Ten, ten days. God didn't tell them 10 days. They, they waited 10 days. And on the 10th day, God sent the Holy Spirit. He said, listen, like in the days of Joel, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. <laughs> Tongues of fire were on everybody's head. I mean, they were like, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit had come upon them. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you what I believe. This is just what I believe. I believe they were already saved when they were in the upper room. I believe they already had the Holy Spirit within them. I believe this is what Jesus said when he said, go and wait for the promise to come upon you. Okay. He baptized them in the Holy Spirit that day. Would you all agree with me on that? They were, do you think they were already Christians when they went to the upper room? I think so. I think if they weren't after five days, they were out of there. Okay? It's just the way I think, but I, I believe that they were they were seeking God. They wanted God. They they loved Him. And it says on the, in Acts two thirty eight, says Peter said to them, Repent. See, because all the people after Peter Peter got up and preached, they said, Well, what's going on? We want to know. How do we get what these people have? And he said, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. What a baptism! And you shall receive the what? The gift. Say gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. For the promises to you and your children, to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Now, another pe- I think people will disagree with me on this one, too. I love to preach on sermons where I think people are going to disagree with me. I believe that that's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit that day. I'm going to show you why I don't believe that was the baptism. I believe that was the gift of the Holy Spirit at salvation, okay? If I can just flip a page. Turn to Acts, or go look down further to 243. The fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through all the people that day, the 3,000. To who? Through who? The apostles. I believe that day that the 3,000 people got saved and baptized, I believe they got the gift of the Holy Spirit. I don't believe they began operating in signs and wonders yet. Yet. Say yet. The power of yet. Okay? I believe that they were in a training period. I believe that the apostles were still there. Man, they were They were doing exactly what God had them do. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they were teaching. Them. Remember, they gathered them up. They were teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching. I believe they had the gift of the Holy Spirit that day, and yet God was not through with them yet. Let me show you why I believe that. Acts 6, go to, go to Acts chapter 6, and it's so, so funny because when I was visiting with Saunders, you said this scripture came up. And this is where I want to get really real with you because I believe this is where, where we need to be. Therefore, brethren, seek out from money. There was, let me qualify this first. There was a problem going on in the church. Anybody ever been to a church where there were problems? Amen. Me either. There was a problem going on with, with, within the church. And, and Peter said, man, we don't have time to deal with all this. We need some help. Okay. And then he said this. Therefore, brethren, now this is many days later. Seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. What? Full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. I believe by this time that these men were baptized in the Holy Spirit. He he, he he delineates, he, he separates it from pick out some more, some of the guys that got saved the other day. He says, I want you to pick out some that are full of the Holy Spirit. Okay? He says, I want you, we really need some men that are full of the Holy, that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that have got the power to deal with what needs to be dealt with. Okay? And this is where many people get so messed up. When we make the distinction between the baptism I mean the indwelling Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit many people that get baptized in the Holy Spirit all of a sudden become better Christians they think they become higher and mightier Christians they think they become arrogant in their baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I speak in tongues. I'm so sorry that you don't speak in tongues. And they start stepping out into an air, a pride and an arrogance area of their life, and it turns people off. We, we do it all the time. Hey, how hey, you, Reese? I'm Harold. How are you doing? Are you a, are you a Christian? Are you, are you spirit-filled? Oh, well, see, I like you because you're spirit-filled. We do, we do that. Are you spirit filled? You speak in tongues? And we, we want to nail people down so we can, oh, I'll, I'll make sure I want you, I want to get you to my level. Come on, church. Look who he picked. He picked these awesome men that were full of the Holy Spirit. You know what? So they could wait on tables and for widows. So I want to tell you something. With the baptism of the Holy Spirit, better come a lot of humility. You better not say I'm better than you. I've been around spirit-filled believers that made me feel like this tall, and I'm (laughs) spirit-filled. Can I get a witness? They're so spooky spiritual that you want to just get away from them quickly. Oh, get that off of me, whatever that is you got. Well, it's, it's usually pride. It's usually arrogance, and it's usually control, and it's usually manipulation. You want to get way, way far from that. Are y'all following me this morning? Does God want you to be filled with the Spirit? Does He want you to be baptized? You better believe He does. But He also wants you to do it and walk in it with great humility. I want to show you the rest of that. Verse 5 says, And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen... A man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they said before the apostles. When they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. I just I just picture Stephen with this awesome power of the Holy Spirit walking up to a widow woman who's broken and who's hurt and say, Jesus loves you. Can I pray for you? What's hurting your body? I want to pray for you to be healed. How can I serve you? Listen, if we don't have a servant's heart, we, we don't have any business in the kingdom of God. It's all, about it's all about a servant's heart. A lot of people want to be served. Even Jesus said, I didn't come here to be served. I came here to serve you. So if you're on the high and mighty, baptized in the Holy Spirit, got it all together, and you're operating in all the gifts, and you're not walking in humility, you need to repent. Just repent. How are we doing on time? Okay. I'm about to wrap it up. If you're saved and you're here this morning, I believe you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe you have the Holy Spirit. You may not live like you have the Holy Spirit, but you have the Holy Spirit. It's just a matter of yielding to the Holy Spirit. God's really good about disciplining those He loves. If you're trying to drive the car, if you're trying to, to maneuver everything and do it your way, God will humble you to like nobody's business. But he'll do it in love. But if we're going to do the greater works that Jesus says that we're going to do in John 14, we can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. So how do we get him? That's a good question. How do we latch on to this gift? I think... There was revelation that was given to me a while back, and I preached this. So I'm going to preach it again because I'm preaching on the gift of the Holy Spirit. So turn to Luke chapter 11. And and listen, guys, I'm speaking from lots of experience here. I believe I was saved, and I was saved for good at the age of 17, Shreveport, Louisiana, summer of 1970. And my dad, my, my uncle's church, the first church of God in Shreveport, I believe I gave my life to the Lord. I cried, I wept, he dunked me the next week underwater. I mean, I got... I... And I was living for Jesus. As my wife. We were, we were dating at the time. I was, come, I was a, not the same person when I came back home to San Angelo, Texas. And I had enough money to buy my, own, my first car. Man, I was, uh, my friends, they could tell there was something weird about me because now I love Jesus and I wasn't doing what I used to do because I was making good decisions because the Holy Spirit lived in me and showed me what to do and what not to do. And I was living for the, for the Lord. But 30 years later, I was introduced to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 30 years I went wandering in this wilderness of, uh, Lord, is this all there is? I mean, it just seems like there's got to be more to this life than, than what I'm experiencing. And God said, There is. I'm so glad you asked. But God, I know some of those people, and they're the weirdest people I've ever met in my life. Oh, they're just so weird. And God says, Well, it says in my word, Harold, that they are peculiar. He said, well, you got that right, Lord. He said, I got everything right here. <laughs> right? I mean, when, when Sandra was talking about how the Lord told her to get out of the car and, dan- and dance around the car, God told her to get out, park, side of the road, get out of your car and dance around the car. I mean, Randy Levin's last week said something about dancing, right? And so she said, finally, after arguing with God, she finally got out So, well, I'll walk around the car. And God said, okay, just stop at the license plate because it's crooked. Now, I was picturing that she was going to try to straighten the license plate and she was going to be dancing, you know. And people driving by were going, whoa, mama, get after it, you know. And, but that wasn't it. It just so happens that God had designed that she knew exactly where she was going to park and right where the ant bag was going to be. Dancing before the Lord. God knows. He knows what we need when we need it. But this is what he showed me in in Luke chapter 11. I want to read from the uh, Amplified Classic Edition. Because for me, the baptism of the Holy Spirit came after I had an understanding of it, of him, and began to seek him. But as I began to seek him, I had to get rid of me to receive him. I was already saved, had the Holy Spirit dwelling in me, but I was still very fleshy. I was still very carnal in a lot of my ways. Carnal means worldly. So if you're this morning and the world's really big to you and it's really important to you, then you're probably a carnal Christian. The Bible speaks of carnal Christians all in First Corinthians. Just read it. But he doesn't want you to stay there talks about being baby christians but he doesn't want you to stay there he wants us to grow he wants us to step into the the more that he has for us okay i mean like how many of you would just like to get through the sixth grade and and that was as far as you went and you're just like never never went past god wants you to graduate he wants you to go to that not just high school but the higher school okay so it says in luke 11 now the This is about the petitions that are being made, and there's forgiveness involved, and the Lord's prayer is above it. But he says, so I say to you, ask and keep on asking. It should be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you shall find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks and keeps on asking receives. He who seeks and keeps on seeking finds. And to him who knocks and keeps on knocking, the door will be open. What father among you, if his son asks for a loaf of bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, evil as you are, know how to give good gifts, gifts that are to your advantage to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask Him. Some of you said, well, I prayed and I believed and nothing happened. And you know what you need to do? You need to pray and believe and believe that something's going to happen. And if something doesn't happen, you need to continue to pray. You need to continue to ask. You need to continue to knock. Because He says, if you really want what I've got for you, I want to give it to you. But I'm not going to give it to you and you're going to let you go out and blow it. If you've got, how many of you got children under 12? Under 12. How many of you, if, there's, if your child came up to you and they're 12 years old or under, and they said, "Dad, could I have the keys to the car?" Well, son, I, Dad, I just, or Dad, just give me a car for Christmas. Yay! I want a car for Christmas. Well, son, I want to give you that gift one of these days, but right now you're not ready for it. If I put you in that car, you might kill somebody and kill yourself. And I know there are some Christians that are baby Christians and they get the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they're like giving a child an Uzi. And they just go down and mow down people because they don't know how to use it. They don't know how to operate it. They don't have any wisdom yet. They don't have any grace to do these things. And God wants to give you these things, but He wants you to want these things. He wants you to want what He wants to give you. He really does want you to want the Holy Spirit. But He wants you to get ready for it, for Him. He says, if you want something badly enough, keep on asking. Keep on believing. Keep on knocking. Because Mary Lou and I, we were like, okay, Lord, we want this. We want this. We want this. And God said, okay, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. When, you're, when, when I'm ready to give it to you. See, that's what a good father does. He gives you the gift when you're ready for the gift. And so don't get, don't get all upset if you've asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, I don't believe that speaking in tongues is the evidence necessarily of, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's another thing some people will go, well, I believe that it, I believe all the gifts are for everybody. And I believe when he says, I want you to prophesy that, hey, that's the best gift, right? And he says, that's the best gift. But he says, if you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you shall receive power to become witnesses. I believe that's numero uno. Because when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to tell people about Jesus, and I wasn't afraid who they were. I walked right into the jail, and I told hardened criminals about Jesus Christ. And it was just so easy. I didn't have to take witnessing 101. Hey, if you come to our class, we'll teach you how to witness. And listen, if you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will witness. You don't have to be taught. You just do it because you love to do what God wants you to do. So don't be, don't be discouraged if you've asked and you've not received, or you've asked and you're, you're seeing God move in your life, and you're praying for people and they're getting healed, but you don't have a prayer language yet, don't don't give up, don't quit on God, because God's never going to quit on you. It took me a while to get my prayer language. Matter of fact, that when I see somebody's already got one back there, bye 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 bye. I made fun of a lady one time that her her prayer language was basically yabba dabba doo I had to repent. You know, hear me? Because I had judged what a prayer language is supposed to sound like. Yeah. Can I get a witness? Because sometimes when we start out, we sound like babies. Just like when we were babies. Ga ga goo goo. Ezra, man, I just pa. He said, Bye. Hi, Ezra. Bye. I said, I'm not leaving. Bye bye. <laughs> I love that kid. Preston, can you say bye? <laughs> don't, don't make fun of people if you don't understand the prayer language, okay? But that's just a tiny part of the things that God has for us as believers. So if you're saved this morning, and listen, you're sealed until the day of redemption. Would you let the Holy Spirit rule and reign in your life? If you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Ask Holy Spirit, what do I need to get ready to do? What do I need to do to get ready to receive what you have for me? That's a part of what y'all were saying this morning. We're going we're gonna to do this and this and this. We want to get ready to receive. And God wants you ready to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It may take nine months like it did for Mary to receive what Holy Spirit impregnated her with. Holy Spirit wants to impregnate you this morning with dreams and visions and things way beyond what you can ask or think. Would y'all stand? Can I have the ministry team get up and get ready? I mean, I'm, here's what I'm preaching this morning. It's things that I used to ask. Okay? that's God just said, there's a lot of people in your congregation, Harold, that are they come from a denomination. They come from a, a different background. and They have no clue when somebody says speaking in tongues or, or the power of the Holy Spirit. They just don't have any idea. I don't want you to be scared of something that God said is awesome. He says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. So it comes down from Him. It's good and it's perfect. So don't be afraid of what God has for you. And don't try to put Him in a formulaic box that He's going to do it a certain way for you because He did it that way for your brother or your sister or your friend. He just is he's God and He'll do it the way He wants to. All He wants us to be is vessels. Say, I'm a vessel. Would y'all just raise your hands this morning, just like you're going to receive... I want to bless you to receive this morning. Father, I bless the people in this room right now that they would allow you to search them through your spirit and prepare them for what you have for them. Lord, there are some in this room that are not yielding to the Holy Spirit that's within them already. They're not yielding. And today they would say, Lord, I want to yield to you. I want your way, not my way. I've made a mess of my way. I want your way. I want to, I want to do it your way, Lord. And Lord, if I've, if I've been trying to do it in my own strength, I repent. Just say I repent before Him. just say, Lord, change the way I think about this. I want to repent. This morning, Lord, I bless this this body of believers here. I bless every person here to receive the gift of salvation if they've not ever received that gift that comes by faith that you give us through the grace that you give us through eternal life that you give us that we can't earn. It's a gift. And, Father, for those in this place this morning, they, they're saved, the Holy Spirit lives in them, but they've never taken that next step of saying, I want everything you have for me, Lord. I want to lay my hands on the sick. I want to see people recover. I want to have, a, I want to have a, a ministry, Lord, that honors and glorifies and magnifies the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that this morning there would be those in this room that would say, yes, the Holy Spirit, and they would receive you however you want to pour out upon them. And, Lord, finally, I just want to pray, Father, for those that may have all of this, and yet they're walking in, in an arrogance and in, in a pride, Lord, that says that it's not really not beautiful, it's not beautiful, it's not a picture of you. Lord, that they would repent this morning and say, Lord, if I've ever offended somebody because I thought I was better than them, Lord, I, just forgive me, I repent of that this morning. I want to walk in humility. I want to be a servant if that's you this morning, if that's your your prayer of your heart is to receive what God has for you, just ask Him. Ask Him. Ask Him. Keep on asking. Knock. Keep on knocking. Seek. Keep on seeking. Pursue Him because He's pursuing you. It says, He came to seek and save that which was lost. He's seeking you. Would you start seeking him? Lord, give us a heart to seek him, to seek you. Holy Spirit, move in this place this morning. Holy Spirit, move in this place. I want to ask you, if you've never been saved, if you've never given your life to Christ, first and foremost, we want to take care of that. If that's you this morning, step out and come. Just step out and come. We're one of these ministers. We have ladies and men across the front and across the back. If you've never given your life to Christ, we had a man last week, we I preached a sermon. He came and, and he had so much need in his heart, but the, the greatest thing he needed was Jesus. And he not only got Jesus, he needed a job. Guess what? He got a job. <laughs> Next week he's getting baptized. He's seen God work in his life in a mighty way just because he was willing to surrender his will to the Father's will. If you need prayer this morning, step out and come. If, you're not, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, step out and come. Second thing I want to ask you, if you want, if you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to step out and come as an act of faith. Step out and come, and let somebody—they'll take you to the prayer room, and they will pray with you. We have we have ministry team of the front, and the back—they all have a lanyard, so you, you'll know that, that you can trust them. If you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're gonna take—we'll take you to a private room. We'll minister to you there. We're not—it's not a show, it's not a spectacle. It's about you and God getting real. About you and God getting real. I'm telling you, it changed my life. It changed my life. It changed my life. I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing if I hadn't really sought God and said, God, I want everything you have for me. From no way, no how. And I've gotten to I've got to see God do some amazing things. And I just get to stand back and say, Wow, God, you're so awesome. You would choose to use me a broken vessel? You would choose to use us, my wife and I, to do something that's way beyond us. See, that's what that's who the Holy Spirit is. He's way beyond you. He's way beyond me. He can do things that we can only dream about. But he uses us to do it. That's how he chose to do it. So if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to ask you to step out. It's a faith step this morning. It's a faith step. Saying I want everything God has for me. That's the prayer. It's a faith step. It's a faith step. God, I want it all. I want it all. I I don't want to hold anything back. You know, the the, the power gifts that we're going to talk about in a few weeks as we talk about gifts, one of them is such a beautiful gift. It just says, you shall lay your hands upon the sick, and they shall recover. Don't you want to be a part of that that or God would give you a word of knowledge for your neighbor, hey neighbor God just, he's told me to come over to see about you and and this has been on my heart to speak to you and to see them melt before your eyes and begin to cry and weep, how did you know? By the Holy Spirit don't you want to be a part of something bigger than you that you can't take credit for that's who Holy Spirit is he wants to do some radical things in your life. But you've got to yield. You've got to say, I'm willing. You've got to get this, this vessel prepared for. Him. But just bow your heads and close your eyes. we're going to we're going to close. I promise. Sometime today. Yeah, if if you just want to have the gift of your prayer language released. Man, we'd love to pray with you for that. I know a couple of ladies on the front row would love to pray for you, Betty and Sandra, and a whole bunch of other women up here. Yeah, we were. We, there was a prayer going on in the in the ER this morning before they released us out to come to this, come to the service. And man, there's a holy, a holy thunder going on in there. You ever need to pray for something and you didn't know what to pray? anybody that's when your prayer language kicks in you just start praying in tongues a lot of people are, that's just weird Will. I'm sorry I'm not going to apologize if it sounds weird let it be let, let God change the weird to wonder let him change the weird to wonder in your heart God, you can do this? Yes, I can. Anybody else need prayer this morning for anything? Maybe you just got a bad diagnosis. And you, know, you want to be prayed for this morning. These people are spirit-filled, and they want to lay their hands on you and they want to see you recover. Amen? Step out and come. Father, I thank you for this, for your word this morning. I, I thank you for teaching me how important it is to know you and have all the gifts and be filled with your spirit and be baptized in your spirit. I I thank you, Lord, that you want us to have everything that you have to give us. You're not going to hold anything back from your children. Father, I thank you for this body of believers. Many in this place, they're going after you with everything they've got. Lord, I bless them today to yield to you more and more and more and allow you to rule and reign in their life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Maybe seated maybe seated. Listen if you have questions about Holy Spirit, I'm available. I would love to visit with you and talk with you. just call the church office and say tell Diane you need to talk to the pastor. Because maybe he didn't understand some things. Listen, the enemy can use confusion, and he will try to twist and pervert things that I've even said. Uh, if you've been, been, been a part of the Robert Morris series, they can come out of my mouth, and before they get to your ears, you'll hear something totally different. The enemy will try to pervert the Word of God. He's always tried to pervert the Word of God. So don't walk out of here and go, man, I don't, that guy's crazy. I, listen, if you want to talk, let's talk about Holy Spirit. I'll share you my heart and my experiences because God wants every one of us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every one of us, no exceptions, every believer. Amen. Well, thank you all for being here this morning. You guys are great. Uh, we're, we're heading into the season that share Jesus. And don't don't listen to what other people say. It's, it's being played all over the mall, okay? They're talking about Jesus everywhere. It's in in the word Christmas. And just say, hey, do you know what that word means, what it really means? Christ, Christ service to Christ. Oh, okay, cool. All right, I love y'all. You are dismissed. Have a great, 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 awesome day and week.